Good morning, church family. So good to see you. Good to be with you today. So awesome. So good. God is good, isn't he? Let's just celebrate a miracle-working God. Can we do that, church? Anybody know that God does miracles? He still does it. He's still in the business. Amen. Come on. You can do better than that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God is good. All right, sit down. Let me put you to sleep now. So anyway, so good to be back with you guys today. And um, you guys that have been with us any amount of time know that I'm a little loose with my tongue sometimes, but now I have an excuse. I've had a stroke. And so, uh, so before you email me and say, I can't believe he said that, just, you know, a lot of stroke jokes have been going on around my house over the last few days. And just let me thank you guys for loving on us and supporting us. And, and uh, we have felt your prayer. And I'm telling you, what a very fitting series. Prayer changes things. He does. And you're going to hear more about that today. Special shout out to Pastor Kyle Kelly for batting clean up the last two weeks. Can we just show, show some honor there? Thank you, Pastor Kyle. It's awesome. I hope I don't screw it up what you started. So thank you. Thank you so much. Man, I love you guys. It's good to be here. I just want to let you know it's been three weeks since I preached. So I feel like I've got about three hours in me this morning. I hope you're okay. And so, uh, you know, we'll bring snacks in in just a few moments to kind of keep you keep you nourished, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You're good. We say these words. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You see, our founding fathers understood the necessity of establishing a nation that would live under the authority of God. They believed that blessing and protection would be bestowed upon our land as long as, as long as we remained submitted to the authority of our great God in heaven. That's what they believed. They believed, call them crazy, but they believed that as long as our nation would live under this umbrella of God's authority, blessing and favor and protection would be upon it. How times have changed. How times have changed. Our nation is in turmoil. Division, prejudice, lack of respect for governing authorities. It is rampant, isn't it? it about, just turn on the news and you'll see another story that verifies what I just said. Even just with this election season that Pastor Chase reminded us of in, in two days, the culmination of it all. This, this election season, has it not been one of the most vicious and confusing elections of all time? hasn't it? With, with many people, and maybe even some of you, many of you think this is, this, our country's demise is, is now a closer reality than ever before. And I believe that it's our fault. I, I believe that it's the church's fault. Now, before you start throwing things, let me hear me out. 
I believe that this spiraling downward and and this slowly migrating away from living under this authority of God, I believe that that it rests on us. The responsibility falls on us as a church. Listen, we have been silent for far too long. We have stood by and we've watched the minority lead us down this destructive path that we are now living on. We've been fearful. We don't want to offend anyone. And that fear of us not standing up and speaking out, we have let falsehoods and deception cloud over and squelch what the truth is. Are you with me today? Listen, church, it's on us. It's on us. It's on us. Our country stands at a critical intersection. And I believe that what it needs now more than ever before, what it needs at this time is powerful prayer. Are you with me today? You see, I believe that what's going to change our nation, what's going to make a difference, what's going to maybe reverse the curse that we're living under, it's not whether an athlete stands or kneels during a national anthem. It's not which candidate wins Tuesday's election. What's going to change our nation, what's going to bring healing to our land, what is going to reverse the curse is prayer. It's prayer. And I love what Pastor Chase just alluded to a while ago. Regardless of who wins, our king is still on a throne, and he still reigns, and his plan and and his judgment and his way is still going to come to be. Do you believe that? But would you not agree also with me that what our nation needs, what is going to change our nation is prayer? You know, the Bible teaches us. Do anybody read the Bible in this house? Anybody read? Yeah. Amen. All right. Not all of you yet. You need to. Come on. Come on. What, what, the Bible teaches us that when we pray, we have the potential of igniting the explosive dynamite of heaven in our circumstances and in the events of the earth. Do you know that? When we call down or when we offer up prayers and we call for God to come, when we give him permission, you know what God does? He doesn't say, no, I'm not going to do it. When we ask him, when we seek him, and when we keep going to the Father and asking, listen, we have the potential of seeing a God in heaven intersect our lives, intersect the events in our nation and change things. Do you believe that? Listen, we believe that environments change when God's people pray. Did you hear that? Rewind the tape. We believe that environments change when God's people pray. Not whether someone stands or kneels during an anthem. Not who's elected as president. When God's people pray, environments, cultures, people change. It's good, isn't it? Pastor Kyle shared a verse with you guys last week, and I want to hit it again because it's just good. The Bible never gets old to me. Does it get old to you? Man, it's good stuff. I love this verse in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says this, If my people who are called by my name... Stop the... So who's, who's this verse written to? It's the church, the Christians, those who belong to God. If my people, he says... 
who are called by my name. Lost people aren't called by God's name. They're not. They're, they're not Christ followers. They're not Christians. They're not his people. He loves them absolutely. And if you've yet to say yes to Jesus today, the greatest decision you can make is to say yes to one who gave his life for you. The man who was not lost died for the lost. And he came and he gave his life for you. But this verse here in 2 Chronicles 7.14 is written to the bride of Christ, to the church, to those who belong to God. Are you with me today? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What's going to make a difference in our nation? It's prayer. He says that right there. If you humble yourselves, if you will pray, if you'll seek my face, oh, if you will live under me and under my authority, there's so much that I want to send your way. Y'all wonder, I wondered this morning, do we really believe in the power of prayer? I'm just wondering, do do we really believe that God hears us? And and do we really believe that that he will do what it says here in in 2 Chronicles? Do we really believe that? You see, I think a lot of us sometimes when we pray, we we, we don't really believe that God's going to answer the prayer. Or we don't believe that God can really intervene in a situation that we've lifted up. I'm just telling you, as as someone who over the last two weeks has probably been living this out more than ever before, prayer works. And prayer changes things. Changes people. It calls the dead back to life. It causes sickness to flee. It, It causes whatever situation that you're facing today that seems hopeless to you. I'm telling you, I believe that prayer can change your outcome. Do we really believe that? Or will we really do what it says to do here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14? Will we humble ourselves? Will we seek his face? Will we turn from our sinfulness? Will we turn from our wicked ways? Will we do that? You see, that's the key to us receiving the blessing and the favor, the forgiveness, the healing that comes from the throne of God. Am I making sense to anybody today? Do we really believe it? Mm. It was a day that everyone in Israel would talk about for centuries to come. Solomon had built, had built God's temple. And during their very first worship service, we read that God's presence had come so near that the priests themselves could not even set foot in God's house. What do you think you would have done if you would have been in that first worship service? I mean, the very presence of God was so near, it was so real, it it was so thick 
that the priests, the religious leaders, the ones who were supposed to be running the program, that they could not even set foot in God's house. If you saw God face to face in all his majesty, how would you respond? I mean, I love that song that we sang earlier about, you know, Shekinah glory come down. We want the fullness of your spirit, Lord. Does anybody in here, would you be on? I just want a part of God. I just want a part of his glory. I just want a part of his presence. Anybody? No, I want the fullness. I want all that he has. Anybody with me today? I want it all. And in 1 Kings chapter 8, that's what's happening here. God has made himself known in such a way. Oh, they couldn't even set foot into the house. I, I find it really informative when you read First Kings chapter. I, I find it pretty informative what Solomon did. You know what Solomon did? He prayed. What? He he prayed. In fact, if you read the story in First Kings chapter eight, you, you're going to find Solomon's prayer, and it is chock full of wisdom. But there's there's one point that I think most of us tend to overlook. Solomon is praying, and in, 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 in verse 42 of chapter 8, he says this, For they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. They will hear of that, Lord, when they come and pray toward this temple. In, in other words, what Solomon is praying here, he's saying this, The foreigner was supposed to hear about this prayer-answering God And they would come to the temple, and then they would experience a prayer-answering God. They would hear about it, how God moves and how God answers prayer, and they would be drawn to the temple to come into the presence of a prayer-answering God. Hey, 1910 Church, listen to this. That's the reputation that we're supposed to have. Did you know that? That's the reputation that we're supposed to have. In in Jesus' name, in in our community, we're supposed to have a reputation like that. In fact, throughout Scripture, God presents answered prayer as a critical part of people's witness. Pastor Chach prayed this morning, Lord, Lord, let us be a witness for you in this community. Let us put you on display. You know the passage in Matthew. Let us not be a lamp hidden under a bush or a bowl. Oh, no. Let it shine. A city set on a hill, right? That's what we're... Listen, when when, when Moses described to Israel what would distinguish them from every other nation on earth, Moses himself said that answered prayer would be this distinguishing mark. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7, look what he says. For what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? What, what, what great nation has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? Oh, what should distinguish God's people? It's answered prayer, not great music or great preaching or even great giving, but it's answered prayer. You remember when Elijah kind of got into it with the prophets of Baal? 
when, when Elijah wanted to, to demonstrate to Israel which God was the true God. Do you remember that story? What was the test? Do you remember the test that day that, that, that Elijah said, hey, we're going to find out once and for all, is it your God or is my God? Which one is greater? Do you remember what he said? He said, let's see which one is a prayer answering God. You remember that? Build your altar. Build your altar. You pray to your God. I'm going to let y'all go first. Because first will be last and the last is going to be first, Right? You, you call. You, have him come and consume this altar. Let's see which God is a prayer answering God, he said. For those of you that know the story, you know that there was only one God that answered that day. And it wasn't the false God, but it was the one true God, our Father in heaven. By the way, whose ear we have today. The one God who is present with us in this very room. The one God who sent his only son to intersect your life, to die for you, giving you the potential to have a relationship abundant here on earth with him, but life eternal with him in glory one day. Somebody ought to clap right there. That's really good. That's really good. Solomon's temple, you see, was, was only ever meant to be a shadow of a truer temple to come. Not, not, not a building filled with God's presence, but the truer temple was a person. His name is Jesus. You see, in Jesus, we see all the power of God's glory. It's packed into a single human being. And what God used to do for Israel through the temple, through a building of cleansing their sins, through, through the sacrifice of lambs, he would do for the world now through this person, Jesus, the true and better temple. And now, and now as Christians... For those that have said yes to Jesus and ask him to come in and take over and be Lord of our lives and guide us. Listen, as Christians, we're called by his name. We are Jesus' temple. And we're called to intercede for the world as Jesus did. Listen, we're called to testify to the same prayer answering God that Solomon and Moses and Elijah knew. Who's the last person you told about your God? When's the last time you gave testimony as to an answered prayer in your life? There's a story of the early church in the New Testament. We've kind of been looking Old Testament. There's a story, if you look in the book of Acts, where the early church and the apostles are taking care of the needs of the widows. But it was taking up their entire day. And so they, they, they asked for volunteers with, within the church who, who would help them to, to, to take care of, of the needs that they were unable to, to meet. The, these people, men and women, became what we call the first deacons in the, in the church. And, and so they asked these people, to, could you please help administering to the needs of, of these widows? So as it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, so that we could devote ourselves to prayer and teaching of the word. Right? Many of you have probably heard that before. And pastors that, that stand in a position such as myself oftentimes will, will point to, to this story and, and, and oftentimes make a lot about the ministry of, of, of the word. 
the preaching and teaching of, uh, of the word, as well as they should. The preaching and teaching of God's word is so important. It, it is. The study, the personal study that you put in on a daily basis of the word is so important, right? But what about prayer? You see, it's not just to the teaching of the word, but it's also to prayer. And a lot of times we usually think of prayer as, as a part of the preparation for ministering the word. But, but this verse is not written that way. Prayer doesn't just empower the ministry. Prayer is the ministry. Did you hear that? Pr- prayer doesn't just empower the ministry. Prayer is the ministry. I don't ever set foot on this platform to deliver God's word to you until I first prepare through prayer. I have a group of men that gather with me every Sunday morning and and we pray. We we, we hold hands even. Don't make fun of me. I know I've had a stroke, but I still, in the name of Jesus, could... No, I'm just kidding. But we hold hands and we pray. We pray because we believe that whatever happens on this platform is futile unless it has been offered up in prayer before God to breathe on it, anoint it, and actually speak through it. Are you with me today? Prayer is a big part of the ministry. It is the ministry. In fact, you guys need to know that at the end of each one of our, our gatherings on a Sunday, we, we have a time of prayer and ministry down here in the front. We believe that this ministry time, in fact, you've heard me say time and time again that, hey, what's about to happen down front today is probably the most important time in our worship gathering today. We, we, we want you to come and, and be prayed over and ministered to. Did you know that even before we open these doors on a Sunday morning and let people come in and, and find a place, do you know that we have people that walk every row with and, and, and anoint with oil every chair? They pray over every chair. They don't know who's going to be sitting there. They just know that there's going to be a person who is dearly loved by God who needs to have an encounter with the Spirit today. And they pray for you. We believe that what happens in this room before the first guitar chord is ever strung. I like the drums. Who likes drums? I like, I like drums. Let's have a round of applause for drummers. Can we do that? Shane, can you hear us? I know you can. We love you guys. Yeah. Man, before any of that ever happens, we pray. Because we know that that's the most important ministry. In fact, did you know that in Mark chapter 11, verse 17, Jesus said, My house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus didn't say, My house should be called a house of preaching, but prayer. Is that how someone would describe our church? We, we, we put a, a ton of energy into the word in most of our churches. But I'm just wondering, do we put the same energy into our prayer ministry? Listen, when when, when church services spend more time in announcements than they do in intercessory prayer, then you know something is broken. When, When we spend more time promoting our programs or opportunities, as great as they are, we, when we spend more time doing those things than praying, something's not right. That hurts, doesn't it? 
Listen, if we want to reach every person in this nation with the good news of Jesus, listen, we need God to act on our behalf. We need him to soften hardened hearts. We need God to open closed doors. And we need to pray for him to do that. And we need to pray like we mean it. Do you mean it when you pray? Do, do you really believe? Do you really mean it? Or has prayer just become, it's just, it's rote, it's routine. It's something I better do before I go to sleep if I want to sleep good. Sleep well, sorry. Is it? Do we really pray like, we, are we known as a praying people? Do, do, do people hear our, uh, about our answers to prayers that we prayed? Like, like Solomon promised they would. Right? The foreigner is going to hear about how God answered your prayer, and that's what's going to draw them to this temple, to this house. Do you tell people about how God answers your prayer? Dude, I have been on cloud nine the last two weeks because I've had an opportunity in a way that I've never done it before just to tell people about what God does. I love it. And they may dispute and refute the word as being antiquated and written for people so many years ago. It's outdated. But I'm telling you, they can't, they can't refute what God's done in my life. Do you ever tell anybody what God does? Do you? I didn't know how we were going to make it financially. And boom, there it comes. I, I love the story that we heard a few months back about a young girl that put $10 in the, in the My Best box. We, we don't call it a tithe box. We call it my best because we really believe that we need to give God our best. Amen? Don't give God your crappy leftovers. Give him your best. Give him your best. Okay? And so this girl said, all I had was 10 bucks that day. I didn't have food to eat. But I went to work the next morning, and I had been voted employee of the month, and it came with a $150 bonus check. Now, I'm no mathematician. But 150 is greater than 10. What percentage is that, Howard? You went to the University of Texas. That's a lot, right? It's a lot. It's a lot, right? It's a lot. That's just what... Do you tell people about stuff like that? Do you? Listen, we can't force God to answer our prayers, but I can guarantee you this. God is not going to answer your prayers if you aren't praying them. Hey, those of you that have been changed by Jesus, are you out praying for your unbelieving neighbors? Are you praying for your lost family members? Are you praying for coworkers that are lost? Hey, do you pray for that barista? So, mm, ooh, here we go. Stroke moment. So, some of you are more concerned about whether they get your order right than you are about their eternal destiny. <laughs> That's good. 8.30 didn't get that one. We like 10 o'clock, amen? Seriously, but think about it. More of us get so torqued off because I asked for coconut milk and they put whole than we are about where they will spend their destiny in eternity. Thank you, Lord. How can we pray for people? And I'm just wondering if lost people still matter to us. Just wondering. Ask people how you can pray. Tell them what God's done in your life. And then pray for them. It's time to pray. 
It's time to pray. That's my cue. Everybody say hey to Ezra. Come on, just show some love. Can we do that? Thank you. Listen, at no point, at no point in Jesus' ministry was he more furious than when Israel had obscured the prayer ministry to the Gentiles. This ministry that was supposed to reach people far from God, this ministry that, that, that Solomon foretold of, listen, if we will pray and tell how God has answered our prayer, that will draw people to our Father in heaven. Listen, have we obscured that in our churches today? Prayer. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes cultures. And it's prayer that's going to change this nation. Listen, we want to encourage you to be in prayer. In fact, I don't know if you've hit any of our social media over the last week or two, but we've been giving you a daily topic to pray. How many of you have seen that? You've seen that we send out, today we're praying for the, the, the prayer for myself, right? Yesterday was a prayer for our nation. In fact, today in your, in your seat, many of you may find one of these cards under God, and we've just kind of listed from today till next Saturday a specific topic for you to pray for. Listen, I... I I'm praying that you're spending time with the Father each and every day in His Word, but let's not neglect this privilege called prayer as well. And I want to encourage you to pray over these topics listed. In fact, here's the cool thing too. We, we also want you to, to maybe type out or, or, or send us an answer back as to, hey, here's how I prayed, and maybe here's what God told me, or here's how God has answered my prayer. Listen, that will be a word of encouragement to someone else that just goes on and finds us and says, wow, look what God's doing. We're going to pray. Hey, specifically, church, I want to call us to be in mad prayer, mad, mad prayer for Tuesday and what's going to happen. In fact, some of you maybe today or tomorrow would, would maybe even like to go to one of these voting places and just prayer walk that location. Maybe you want to go and just, just pray for, for God's will to be done. And you want to pray for for what's going to happen there. You know, our church is actually a voting location. And and I love that in our EDGE class, which is our membership class that we had just a few weeks ago, a gentleman in our church said, hey, hey, I'm a part of this church now because I came here to vote. You guys opened the doors and I came. And and you know what he said? He said, I just sensed the Spirit here. He came to vote. And you sense the presence of God Maybe you want to go vote just for the, the, the polling places, the, the, those places. where Maybe the day before, or you want to go on prayer walk. Maybe, maybe even during the, the, the voting taking place. Maybe just, listen, let's not be demonstrative and let's not be there with signs like we're praying. Let's not be so demonstrative. Listen, we can pray kind of like a ninja. And I believe that God still hears it and honors that, okay? We don't have to be pointing fingers. Listen, we can still pray for God to be a part of that, right? And listen, I want to encourage you to get out and vote if you haven't done so. Listen, in the last presidential election, there were 25 million registered evangelical Christians. 25 million Christians did not vote. And the margin of victory was around 5 million votes. Pastor Chase has already reminded us 
that it's an honor and a privilege that we have to vote. Many have given their very lives for that privilege. Do not bring disgrace to their names by you refusing. I'm just so frustrated and I'm upset. Listen, you need to vote. We as a church have incredible power to change things. I want to encourage you to get out and vote. Take advantage of our prayer guide. Take advantage of the postings on social media. And let's pray for God to heal our nation. I'm going to do something today as we wrap up our time this morning. I, I want to ask those of you that would be willing to just join me down front at the altar today. And I want us to come and just spend some time in prayer this morning. I want you to come and just as we pray for our nation, as we seek forgiveness from the Father and just, just, just admit to Him that we've dropped the ball. If you just feel comfortable coming this morning and you can kneel, you can stand. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to kneel. Budget cuts. We didn't put carpet in this room. We just... But... Um, Maybe you want to stand or kneel, and we're just going to be a, a people that place prayer back at its rightful place. You don't have to come. I know that you can pray in your chair. And can we just go to the Father right now and just say, Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our nation. Lord, we pray for your will to be done. Maybe for some of us this morning, maybe for, well, for all of us, maybe right now we just need to ask God to forgive us for dropping the ball and making prayer something that is not a priority in our lives. And Father, I'm asking that, that you would just forgive us. Lord, the mess that we find our, our nation in right now, Lord, I believe is due to us as the bride of Christ, the blood-bought, the redeemed, Hunting the privilege of prayer. We forfeited it, God. We've stood silently and we've watched slowly our country spiral out of control. We've slowly moved away from you, the truth. Lord, we have felt like we can operate outside the umbrella of your authority and we've kind of gone off and done our own thing. Father, for that, would you please forgive us? Father, I pray that we would be a nation that returns to you. God, I pray that this house would be known as a house of prayer. That we, as the people of this house, would be known as people of prayer. God, I pray that we would tell your story of how you intersect our lives and how you've changed us. And God, that that would be the attractive thing to foreigners, those outside the family. That they would hear of our great prayer answering God. And they would want to experience him firsthand. Lord, we pray for Tuesday. Pray for Wednesday and Thursday. and Pray for every day. But God, we're praying that you would just be with us on Tuesday. And God, I want to pray right now for the person in this room that is a foreigner. They don't know you. And I'm praying that somehow in this moment they would see their need for Jesus. That they would see that with you, Lord, there's life abundant. There's life filled with joy and hope and grace and peace. Without you, none of those things are possible. Lord, I'm praying for that person today that's never said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior. That today would be the day that they come and say yes. In fact, I want to ask our prayer ministry team when I dismiss here, if you guys would just stay up front today and receive people. 
And if we can pray with you over any need that you have in your life, or if we could share with you what it means to ask Jesus into your life, oh, what a privilege that would be for us. So, Lord, that's our prayer. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name, everybody in this house said, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.